0: News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio. Where you want it, when you want it
1: a great Sunday so far. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyke. If you have a question, you can feel free to give us a call. The number is one 877 332 Rick, before we take some more callers and answer some more questions, I did just want to mention something pretty exciting and pretty special that we saw this week. Uh, our good friend Jamie and I shared about it, and it is a tribute to Warren Wood's yeah. At, Woodsy. at the Brandt Center in Regina. So Warren Woods, uh, if you've listened to Garden Talk for any length of time, you most likely would have heard Warren on here hosting with Rick. Uh, Warren last year, uh, contracted COVID-19 and unfortunately passed away after a fairly long and incredibly courageous yeah. battle with COVID. So it's pretty, pretty amazing and pretty special to see yeah. Woodsy's Corner at the Brandt Center.
2: Yeah, it's like a Woodsy corner, a place where I used to sit all the time watching the, the hockey games or different sports events. And so, yeah, they have a bunch of pictures and everything else set up in in that corner. So, uh, a good momentum and good memory of legacy of of Woodsy. It's that's I when I heard that this last week, I had had a smile on my face and just thinking that's exactly perfect, perfect uh, memorial for for Woodsy because everybody remembers him sitting in the same spot. <laughs> In Brent yeah.
1: yeah, it's a great, like, perfect memorial, and yep. it was definitely well-earned. We, we yep. miss Warren a whole lot around here.
2: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, we're going to head back to the phone lines now. We have Bruce in Bigger. Hi, Bruce. Good morning. What's your question?
2: I have three Saskatoon trees in my yard. Um, I've been here 10 years. I figured the trees are about 50 years old, no idea what variety. They bear fruit, but the fruit is never plump. All I've ever done is add water to them. Is there something else I can do? Yeah, your, your plants are probably have probably lost all their nutrients. So there's lots of fertilizers out there that are meant for fruit and berries. Okay. Okay. And so uh, you can use one of those on there. Uh, it's just putting all the other micronutrients back into the soil. Because a lot of your, you don't want to put a high nitrogen. That's the big one, okay? Okay. Um, and what you can do too, have you ever pruned the Saskatoons? Uh, no. They're about okay, 15 so, feet high. Yeah. So what I suggest you do if you want is that uh, do that when the plants are dormant, either in, in October, okay, or otherwise in the spring, bef- right. in you know March the, or before the end of the first week in May. You know, prune them down to about eight feet tall. Okay, and and you'll you'll find you'll get a lot more berries, and you'll get uh, your plant will just do better. But also putting those nutrients down now, because, like I said, that old bush is is used up all the nutrients down. You, I don't know whether you clean up all the leaves and everything else around the plant. I mean, when you do that, you're taking away all the food as well. So you basically I m- the is I mow, but I never I never take away. Yeah. But I'm also on very sandy soil here too. Yeah, so important then, you know, getting some of those micronutrients down there, and then uh, especially some of your, look for look for one that that's for fruit and berries, and uh, that that will have all the micronutrients to make your 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 plant, and also with in these heat, uh, moisture is huge. Okay, um, that that's the big one is that to keep them plump is moisture at the right time, especially when the berries are just forming. Okay. That's huge, okay.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks so You're much welcome. for the call, Bruce. Have a good day. All right, we have Karen in Saskatoon. Hi, Karen.
3: Hi. How are How are you guys?
1: Doing good, good. Thanks. What's your awesome. question?
3: Yeah, I've got a couple of uh, blueberry bushes. I bought them last year, planted them. Uh, one thrived. The other one, not so great. And this year, they leafed out in the spring, but they're both of them are not looking happy. And I was just wondering, is it the so? Is it possibly the soil or the spring we had, Um, should I fertilize, I don't know what to do with these poor things.
2: Yeah, number one is that if you have blueberries in Saskatchewan, unless you live up near, you know, Prince Albert or north, you have to add aluminum sulfate to your soil, because you have to get the pH of your soil down to around 6.5, okay? Okay. Um, And most of our soils, not everywhere, I mean, especially in the central part of the province here, uh right. on our soil or even our water coming out of the city is taps in the spring it's the pH is up around eight point three. Okay, and uh blueberries will slowly decline if you just leave them at, at that high of a pH and you won't oh. get very many berries. So you need okay. to add some aluminum sulfate around probably around once a month. You know, put about a uh, around your bush put about a half a cupful around okay. your around your um these how old are they? You see you only planted them last year?
3: Yeah, I just got yeah, them so, last year. So about a, them.
2: A, quarter, a quarter cup, okay? Okay. Uh, about once a month during the growing season, and um, uh, as they get bigger, you can add more, uh, but when they're that small, about a quarter cup is good, and mm-hmm. um, that'll help bring the lower the pH of the soil. Where do you live?
3: Just what east of Saskatoon. Yeah, uh,
2: just so east you,
3: of the city, yeah.
2: Yeah, so you got higher alkaline out there, so that's the reason why yeah. your your blueberries are having trouble. So a quarter cup once a month and of aluminum sulfate, and then okay. also using other your other like I talked about the Saskatoon's using a berry fertilizer because it doesn't have high nitrogen, but a lot of the other micronutrients as well. But you mm. need to add that aluminum sulfate, and then that's the only way you're going to get them to be able to uh, to not go decline each year as you put them in. Okay, it's very important.
3: Okay. Thank
2: you so much.
1: Thanks so okay. much, Karen. All right, we have Jerry in Saskatoon. Hi, Jerry. Good
4: morning. Uh, I've got a question for Rick. I planted uh, half a dozen uh, new clematises <clears throat> with trellis and stuff, Yep. and I damaged one. And it dried up within a week in this heat and fizzled away to nothing. The other ones are doing not bad. Uh, do I dig that root ball up, throw it away, and start again, or will it send out a new one in the spring?
2: Usually it will send out a new one fairly quickly when it gets damaged. Okay, so because um, there's absolutely the th- noth-
4: there's nothing left. It's right down to the mulch, and okay. so so and that just happened last week. So give it a week or two and see if it doesn't.
2: Yep. Give it a week or two. It, it It'll probably send up, give it a light, a light fertilizing, not a heavy fertilizing. Okay. Yep. A, and, uh, it should send up, it'll, it'll want to revive itself. So it should send up a, a new sprout. Okay. Okay. And so I won't panic here. No, give it about two to three weeks yet and you should get a new sprout coming up.
1: Okay. Thanks a lot, Rick. Okay? Awesome. Thanks Bye-bye. for the call, Jerry. All right. Maureen in Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. Hi, Maureen.
5: Uh good morning. As I quickly eat my cucumber I'm munching on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is it your I'm own cucumber salad. from I'm your garden?
5: Sa- I'm making salads. It's my husband's 70th birthday today.
1: Oh, awesome. happy birthday to him. Did you grow yeah. the cucumbers yourself? Oh, absolutely. Oh, well done. <laughs> uh, perfect.
2: <laughs> Nothing better, right, than a fresh cucumber.
5: Yeah, well we yep. we put in those um uh sweet success. Yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We've been feeding our whole neighborhood sweet success cucumbers for two weeks now.
1: Oh, Gee, I need you as a neighbor, Maureen. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that's great. I <laughs> love anyway, to hear
2: those stories. I love to hear those oh, stories. Oh, they're
1: just great.
5: Next year, I'm only going to put in three plants, not six. <laughs> we probably picked, I'm going to say 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's and awesome. And they're full again. Uh, Anyway, I have a couple questions. To my dismay, I have discovered I have red lily beetles. Okay, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I never even heard about them, and my sister-in-law noticed them, and, like, yeah, there's holes on all of my, well, most of my lily plants. Yep. So what's the best way for me to get rid of these?
2: Your flowers are probably done by now, right? Just finished? Yeah, yeah a lot they of them. are,
5: yeah. Mm-hmm. So
2: so spray ambush on 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 the leaves, both sides, okay? Get the underside of the leaves especially. Okay, do, Hubby did do that, that every,
5: yesterday? Every,
2: every oh, 10 he, days.
5: Hubby did that, he used seven.
2: Seven, that's fine too, okay?
5: Okay.
2: Uh, and every 10 days, okay? Okay. And, and because there are going to be eggs underneath there, right? yeah that that's and they're going to hatch too and you can always look underneath the leaves and you'll see the little orange little rows of eggs. you can always pick okay. them off as well with your you know just scrape them off with a with a little screwdriver or fingernail or whatever it doesn't matter okay. um you you can always knock them off on t- into a little pail you know and then yeah. destroy them okay so but you'll you'll have to keep on top of them and yet next year you have to watch early when they first start coming out of the ground. And, oh, uh, sure. and keep on top with the Ambush. You just don't want to hit the flowers with Ambush, okay, because it'll, it'll put a little brown spots in the flowers. Okay. But other than that, uh, otherwise, you can do it every 10 days.
5: Okay. So right now, I'm even going to spray the lilies that I don't see any damage yet because they could be going to move on to them.
2: Well, oh, there might be some little ones in there that you haven't noticed yet, okay? Exactly. If you have some have of them, you can
5: gonna... quest... I have one yeah. other question. I have my... Beautiful Annabelle hydrangeas. Okay. The plants did great this year—the uh, best they've done in a few years. But I only have blooms on half of them. The other ones don't look like I'm going to get any blooms.
2: On on half the plants, or half the plant itself, or or um, half the. I think
5: it's one. I think they're separate plants.
2: Okay. So um, did I
5: fertilize too much?
2: You may have fertilized too much. Uh, you, one thing you want to do, did you prune them back at all in the spring?
5: No, I didn't.
2: Yeah, so basically every spring with hydrangeas, I like to cut them back at least a third, okay? Okay. And they'll actually put more blooms on for you, and it gives them just that little bit of stress so that, that they'll put on way more blooms for you. So oh, cut them okay. back at least a third. I like in the fall. I like to prune off the old flower heads, but not the whole plant. Okay, just the just the flower heads, so yeah, that the snow doesn't. That. Just so that the snow doesn't knock them down, and then in the spring, I leave all the other branches. I that's why I just take the flower heads off, okay. and then I trim them back a third in the spring, because okay. I like leaving all those branches up there to catch snow for the winter time and right. then uh cut them back a third in the spring and you'll have way more blooms okay important
5: okay and, okay yeah. well that's that's what i did wrong and yeah. can and i then... cheat and, can i cheat and ask one other question
1: sure yeah. one more
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay well yeah, i'm sure he can answer this pretty quickly we have a cherry tree which has been awesome up until uh this year and it was hurt like so many bushes and shrubs this year but um it's kind of funny because half of and I've talked to Rick earlier in the season about this half of the tree has leaves and cherries, and the other half doesn't
2: okay if it if it doesn't have it, take watch for oozing out of the main stems okay if it has if it's oozing out of the main stems, then it has a virus okay, and then the best thing to do for that is just to trim those branches right out, okay that has the oozing out of the stems. It'll it'll come back again. It'll go right back from the ground again. It has on their own known root. Uh, but if it's dead on the one side you've probably got that virus in the cherries. That's one thing they do get. And but you just need to trim it right out and then get that piece of branch right out of the yard. Do not put it into your compost and those kind of things. Okay? Are you saying
5: just the part that appears dead on the one half of the tree? Yep.
2: Yep. And just will trim branches,
5: that will branches Come out again it'll, or have a lopsided tree
2: no, it'll, well it'd be lopsided for a little bit, but it'll fill in very quickly. You don't worry okay. the cherries the cherries will send up suckers, and they'll fill in really quickly again. but just if you got a dead part of it, just trim it out. Uh, very important because that virus the insects will spread that virus with that oozing of the sap, the insects will spread that around to other parts of your plant, so you if it's dead, you want to trim it out right away, very important.
5: So where I'm getting the shoots isn't on the tree, it's all around the tree on the ground, which I've been yep, cutting yep. off.
2: Yeah, no, but just now leave some of those to come and fill that spot up. Oh, so it'll come right from the ground. Then it'll, come right right from a
5: bu- then it'll be a bush, not a tree.
2: That's correct, yeah. Otherwise, you will get some branches that will come out of your uh, out of the other half of the tree. Like the You've just got a single stem up, is that right?
5: Yeah, we've got a trunk like a, a normal tree, and, oh, and okay. really nice branches. Yeah. And uh, you know, some of those branches have a couple green leaves on them, so I know that the branch isn't dead.
2: Yeah, but if if there's oozing out of that main stem, then you might as well start letting some new suckers come up and train them up to be a tree as well, okay? Because oh. you're gonna eventually lose you're gonna eventually lose that whole part of the tree, okay? It's yeah okay so just let a sucker come let one or two suckers three suckers come up and train them up to be a tree okay,
1: okay. okay. to fill those up that's Kate.
2: what you okay, want to start thank doing okay? thanks so much you're for welcome. the call
1: maureen have a great okay. day i'm britney cafe here with rick van divendijk and you're listening to garden talk on 650 CKOM and 980 cjme I'm Brittany Coffee here with Rick Van Dijk. If you have a question, feel free to give us a call. The number is 1877-332-8255. We have Doug on the line out in Buffalo Pound. Hi Doug.
3: Yeah, hi. What's your it's, question? Uh, it, it, it's a beautiful day. It um, is. I've got some I got some rhubarb that I've transplanted. It's kind of a bit of a family history thing here because uh it came from the family farm and then my parents had it in Winnipeg and I brought it out to my cottage. A couple of years ago and it doesn't seem to be doing very well. I've got it in direct sun. Uh I water it uh, really well a couple of times a week and it's kind of spindly. Uh it starts off really well in the in the spring, uh with kind of dark uh uh dark leaves or whatever, but by now the leaves are, you know, kind of uh you know ye-
2: yellowing and uh, it just doesn't seem to be thriving at all. Okay. So you said you said one thing about your rhubarb. You said you watered it a couple of times a week? That's Is that right How, of course it's that uh, yeah. Yep, just cut out the watering a bit. You're, I think you're watering just a little bit too much. Rhubarb like to be on the drier side, okay? So um, this, I, I have some rhubarb I, I barely water at all, but they're well-established, but I barely water at all. So just give it every once in a while, give it a good watering, but then just let it dry out between the waterings, okay? And uh, so you'll probably be better to water that, that rhubarb probably once every two weeks type of thing, okay? And uh, that'll do better, and, and then and then also just using a, a just a very low uh, vegetable fertilizer around them, and that'll just help them. I'm not sure which lake you at. Uh, Buffalo Pound. Buffalo Pound. So yeah, I'm not sure. So. I'm not sure what the the soil is like around there. Um, um, so the, you want to make sure that you have well drained soil. If it's a really really heavy clay soil, it might be retaining the moisture too much down below, especially if you're watering every second week. And then then you'd have some trouble with the root down below, okay, so um if it's a heavy clay. So uh, that that's the big one is that what you can always do is stick a piece of rebar, stick it down to the bottom of your planting hole, you know, so you want to go down about, you know, I don't know how big of a piece of rhubarb you put in, but you probably want to go down about 6 to 8 inches down with a piece of rebar, pull it up, and then just see what the moisture is like in the ribs. If there's any moisture at all, don't water it, okay? Only water it if it's bone dry
3: that's excellent thank you very much i guess we just go out there twice a week and that's why every
2: time we're there we water it right yeah don't do that yeah it doesn't need that much water
1: (laughs) it's not very often you're told to neglect your plant more (laughs) some good advice there okay thanks so much for the call doug all right we're gonna head to the text line quickly rick we'll do a little bit of a speed round here uh this is a text from chip in regina when's the best time to plant emerald or brandon cedar shrubs
2: uh, best time is in the spring. I like to, I honestly like planting my, my before August the 1st, that'd be the, that'd be the last about if I was going to plant one, I wouldn't plant past August the 1st. They just don't, unless you're going to, unless you're going to wrap them for the first about a couple of winters, but they just don't seem to get rooted as well. If you plant them after August the 1st. And so planting them early in the spring is the, is the best, you know, when the frost is gone. So you're looking around, you know, after May the, May the 10th, you know, in that range, uh, that's the best time to plant them. Um, uh, emeralds, emeralds. Uh, if you're going to do anything, if, you, if I'm going to tell you a choice between emeralds and brandons or another one that's called skybound, uh, do the skybound or the brandons. Emeralds, if you plant them in a sunny location, uh, they're going to just brown in any winter that you might get. We may, might get a schnook or something like that in the middle of wintertime, and they'll brown. So emeralds do better if you're going to plant them on the north side of a house but not on the, on the south or west side of the house. They just don't do well. Plant skybound or, or brandon, or if you want a narrower one, plant one that's called Holm, holmstrup, holmstrup, H-O-L-M-S-T-R-U-P, uh Cedar, if you want a narrower one that looks little closer to the feather and leaves like, uh, like an emerald has.
1: Perfect. Okay, and this is the kind of text that I love to see. I have some good news. Last year, I spent probably every day for an hour or so squashing potato bugs. This year, I put onion. Only in about 10 hills, I have zero potato bugs. I had one bug earlier on my garlic, but I repeat, zero bugs on my potatoes. <laughs> That's from Tim in Yorkton. That's awesome.
2: That's awesome because I've been getting... Mixed results, okay. Because so, remember, we talked about that. We had the lady phone a certain way earlier in the season, saying yeah. she did all of her potatoes except for two or three, and all the ones that she put an onion piece, slice onion with, she had uh, she had no problem with. Yep. And then the other ones, um, the other ones, she she had all kinds of problems. And so, um, but then I had other people call in. They said they tried the onions, and their neighbors tried the onions, and they had no success at all. So one thing I'd like to know is cuz I haven't done it myself I'd like to know from the people who had success how much of a piece of onion did they put in with their plant because that would make a difference too so if anybody could let me know uh how much of an onion they had to, that when they had success that might be the difference. Maybe someone's only putting a little cube in there, and someone's putting in a whole big slice, and and so let's just find out the 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 instructions for ratio of how much onion.
1: Yeah, give us the whole rundown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break for the news. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dijvendyk, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Give us a call, send us a text, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We have Rebecca in Esteban on the line. Hi Rebecca. Hi there. What's your question?
0: I have a fiddle leaf fig tree and it is getting too tall for my space and I'm wondering what to do with it.
2: Yeah, you can you can trim them. Okay, oh. so you can trim them, or or you put them on Kijiji and you sell them and start again. <laughs> <laughs> so okay.
0: when you say trim them, like am i trimming it at the very top and just leaving it, and it just continue trimming it.
2: Yep, just keep. Trimming, then... keep yep, absolutely. They're, so they're just like any other tree. They won't mind. They won't don't mind pruning. So
0: so on the top of it, it's actually now it's leafed out into two different like sprigs, I guess like. Yep. Sections. Yep. Can I like replant one of those? Like trim it and re- like propagate or
3: whatever it's called?
2: <laughs> Sometimes that'll get, that's tougher because what you have to do with the fig a lot of times, you, what you do called air layering. So, what you do is you put a little bit of peat moss or cocoa fiber uh, uh-huh. and you wrap some, you, you put a little cut into the bark and then you wrap the cocoa fiber in some cellophane wrap. And then out of that, then have just a little bit of moisture in there. And out of that, in that cellophane wrap, it'll actually root, okay, in that little incision you made in the in the bark. And then oh. once they, you see the roots, then you can trim it off below that and then transplant. It's called air 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 layering, okay? Okay. And so and then- you can try Yep.
0: Sorry, one other question. Just that they're on the same plant. Sometimes I notice like a little sap on the floor around it. Is that normal or?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'll see that there'll be a little spot from a from a new bud, uh, or and because you're not, it's sometimes from insects. But I, you know, in inside the house, you're not going to see that that problem. But sometimes okay. you'll just see a, a drop of of sap come down from. From a new bud, or from it might be from a wound from a from the plant. It could be from a number of things, but that's that's normal.
1: Okay. Okay. Perfect. I just wanted to say thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks so much for the call, Rebecca. All right, we've got Rhonda on the line in Dundurn. Hi, Rhonda. Hi. Good morning, Brittany and Rick.
3: Um, Just before I ask my question, I have to let you know that um, we tried the potato thing or the the onions and the potato, and um, uh, we've harvested a few of our potatoes. Now we put. Pretty thick slices in each hole when we planted. Yep. So, um, so far, so good. Um, so, and, and and our sister, my sister-in-law, also uh, thought we were crazy, but we said try it. So, waiting to hear. She's down in Regina. We'll see what what her results are. So, but,
2: um, but you think, had success though. You had success though. Yeah. Did you?
3: Well, we haven't had any uh, beetles this year. So, not so oh, far. Good. So, yeah. Awesome. So, Perfect. So, but, but, but we weren't cheap with the onions either.
2: So, so we how how, how thick how thick did you make? Well, it?
3: Well, a big onion. I think we probably had maybe six plants per onion or so. So okay. we were we were, we're pretty go. generous with the onions.
2: Okay, perfect. <laughs> we'll maybe that's what it is. Hamburger.
3: Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> um, so my question for you today, Rick, is we have um, we have a couple of raspberry patches, but now it looks like the quack grass is taking over. And I thought raspberries were. Tougher than can be, but I have a feeling uh, it's hurting the uh, production of, of the fruit and, and yep. the plant itself. What would, what would be the best thing to do to get rid of that grass that's right in the yeah. plants?
2: Just mm-hmm. just take what you can do is just take a, What I do is I, I'll I'll grab the quack grass and I'll lay it on the ground. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll just carefully lay it on the ground. Like I'll just pull it out of the, out of between the plants. And lay it on the ground. And then I'll take a little, if there's no leaves from the quack, from your raspberries around, I'll take a little spritzer bottle and I'll just spritz the, the leaves of the quackgrass grass that's so laying on the flat on the ground away from the raspberries. Or what you can do is you take a sponge brush and you can just paint the leaves of the quackgrass grass and it'll kill the quackgrass grass right to the roots within 14 days.
3: But what if you have so much grass <laughs> and it's that's, right in amongst all the plants? Would you consider just cutting everything down in the fall?
2: Starting again, uh, you can. What you can do is that. Uh, what you the problem is that you if you the only way you're going to get rid of that is by either digging everything up and getting rid of the roots, but that's really hard to do. That's oh. a, that's you know that's really hard to do or spraying the whole works and starting all over again, right? Mm-hmm. But but the best way to do it is just slowly. You know, every once in a while, just take a every week, just take a patch and just go there and just and paint it or or lay it down so that and spray it, right? And okay. um and if you have to, if you got other little suckers coming up, lay a piece mm-hmm. of cardboard down or something like that, and lay your grass on top of the cardboard, and then give it a spritz, right,
3: and now of, of your with, quackgrass with Roundup. Is that what you're... with Roundup, yeah. Oh, okay.
2: And then it'll, it'll kill that grass right to the root, and it'll kill the grass mm-hmm. in a little circle around that. So you even if you don't get quite every single blade of grass, it will mm-hmm. still kill the grass in that location. Okay. And okay. so that's that. As honestly, you just gotta. You just gotta be, if it's a lot of work to do all at once, you might just have to take little patches and just keep working at it, okay?
3: Yeah. And, uh, but other,
2: yeah. Other than that, there's no way of, because if you, if you mow down your raspberry patch and let it grow again, the raspberry patch will grow up and you sow your crack grass and you just, there's no way to spray it. So there's just, uh, you're better off just to go in there and just lay the grass down and, uh, and just spray it, um, uh and spray it that way that's that's the only way of getting rid of it
3: okay do it any time i guess
2: do it it any time time. or otherwise move your move start start taking your suckers and and in spring or the fall Mm -hmm. and start Mm -hmm. another patch in another spot you know get a patch Mm -hmm. started and then you then you get rid of that patch and you now you got a patch somewhere else started that you're Mm -hmm. you're fresh and started that's the only other option
1: Okay. okay. All right. Well, I got work to do. Thank awesome. You so much. Okay. Thanks for the call, Rhonda. Have a good day. Okay. We have lots of callers on the line right now and not very much time left. So we're going to ask that everyone just limit yourself to one question. Okay. I know it's hard. Okay, okay. We've got Sue on the line in Silver Park. Hi, Sue. Hi. Um, my question is, um, I live up here and there's a lot of bush. And my yep. question
3: is that the trees leaves seem to be covered with a sticky substance. And when I licked it, it, it it's sweet. So it's obviously sugar's coming out of the leaves. And yep. all the railings on the house and the vehicles are all covered in this sticky mist. Yep. So, like, what's going on? Like, don't the trees need this sugar to put in their roots yep. for next year's production?
2: Yep. You, you have aphids. You have a lot of aphids. And then what's Haven't happening is aphids. Yeah, seen take any aphids. A,
3: I looked on the underside of all these leaves and I'm not seeing any aphids.
2: Yeah, you, you most likely have the insects and what they do is they, or even spider mite and the, well, you can't really see the spider mite as much and what they do is they suck on the leaf and then they excrete the sap, okay? And then the sap is what's dripping see it lots right now, like a lot, a lot, a lot, especially. So that's what's happening with them is that there is an insect, and it could be spider mite, and there's spider mites. Are, you almost need a magnifying glass to see them. They're so small. But you have an insect that's sucking on the leaf and then excreting the sap, and then that's why you're having the sticky substance. But
3: but yeah. what's interesting is yep. um, the railings and the vehicles are nowhere near the trees. Do you know what I mean it seems to be coming down almost like a, a misty substance oh,
2: that's and it's interesting.
3: drifting far from where the trees are
2: well we've had some pretty heavy winds lately too so uh, that would that would definitely these big winds we've been having would definitely drift it away from the tree uh, it'd be just like when it rains right it's all over the place so uh and so but i'm almost guaranteed that you're going to have the issue and i've looked at a whole bunch of trees that I've I found a, a bunch of insects, whether it been spider mite, especially because spider mite love it when it's hot. Okay, they they just love it when it's hot. That's when they thrive the best. They they reproduce the most, and then they suck on the leaves and they excrete, and then you get all this sap on the outside edge of the leaf. And so, if it's spider, if it's spider mite, you have to spray with malathion. If it's just aphids, then you just spray with ambush
3: rick i have 100 acres
2: of bush behind my house Uh, i know (laughs)
3: so this this must compromise the trees right
2: yeah it will compromise the trees if especially with the drought with not as much water because those trees are all they're so close together there's a lot of competition Mm -hmm. and uh so that that will hopefully we don't have this kind of a drought next year if you have the regular kind of rains it's not a big deal the plant can handle it okay right um so the only thing you can do is protect some of the trees that are on, on the outer edge of, the, of your bush so that you they have them there so that you you protect those ones so they give you a, a bit of a screen from the rest of it behind it, okay? Thank you kindly. You're welcome.
1: Thanks so much, Sue. All right, I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Divendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. right. We're going to go for a super speedy round on the phones here. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Divendyke, and we have Edna on the line in Saskatoon. What's your question, Edna? Hi. Um, I have had a
4: really bad infection of, uh, uh, or infestation, inve- I should say, with the li- lily beetles. Yes. And they've eaten all the leaves. I've sprayed yep. at least six to eight times right from the beginning. Yeah. And uh, I've also picked dozens of them. All that's left is the stems, pretty ma- pretty much. I'm yeah. wondering if I should just cut those right off or what?
2: No, nope, just leave the stems there. More. Even the stems will take the light energy through this through, and that'll put energy. Even the stems will put energy back down to the bulb for the fall.
4: Oh, they so will. Yep,
2: yeah, yeah. So okay, just leave okay. them on there. Don't cut them off, and oh, um, and but they just look keep terrible. on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but that energy will go from the bulb, from the stem, even to the bulb. Oh, so just leave okay. whatever, is there, just leave it there because it, okay. that, the bulb will need that energy, okay, for next year.
4: And I'm um, still spraying too. I, they're, they're going yeah. to other plants even.
2: Well, yeah, because they'll 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 start eating anything they can, right? So yeah, um, you just got to keep on top of them. And uh, you, how often do you spray?
4: Probably, well, sometimes more often than I probably should. Every, like, I'll, I'll keep a bottle full. Yep. And and keep spraying it. it, it I use end all.
2: Yeah, end all. Try, uh-huh. try, try end all is okay, but try using uh, ambush.
4: But I have a okay. cat and I'm worried about her. She's, oh. run, she's all over the yard.
2: Yeah, yeah, as long as she's not eating them the leaves and that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, okay. It, it, she'll be okay. So, um, okay. but as long as she, I don't think the cats are eating the lily, lily leaves anyway. So, uh, no, just watch no. that as long because the the, yeah, the end all is is not getting them all as is, is, is hard because it only coats them, right? It has an end all has a little tiny bit of ambush in it, but not very much.
4: Uh, and if that's that's
2: what's that's what's getting them in the ambush. So, in, in the end all. And so, uh, your best off okay. to do is that. Just don't let the cat out there when you're spraying, so that she's not out there when you're actually spraying. And okay. let it dry. Once it dries, because the cat won't eat the eat the lily. Most cats won't eat the lily leaves anyway. No, she so,
4: won't eat anything yeah, like that. I know yeah, that, but yeah. I'm just so then, worried about the, you know, breathing the spray and that in. Yeah,
2: just just don't make sure she's in the house when you're actually doing the actual spray. Okay. okay. And once okay. it's once it's dry, it's fine. Okay. Hey,
1: awesome. Okay. Thanks so much for the call, okay. Edna. Great. All right, we've got Joe on the line in Prince Albert. Hi, Joe. What's your question?
4: Hi, guys. Wanting to know, I'm looking to plant grass from seed, and when is the best time that I should do that?
2: So anytime now, it'll germinate in seven. As long as you've got water, obviously. Right now, it's droughted or in the windy. So you, as long as you keep it moist, okay. That's the big one. Okay. Uh, so, so that's the key. Otherwise, if you if you don't have the water to keep it moist, then wait wait until it cools down in the beginning of September, and Yeah. put it in there. If yeah, otherwise, you can wait until the end of October, put it down, and then it'll germinate with with the moisture in the spring. Okay
4: okay when putting i understand that i'd use a canadian based grass seed uh, variety when spreading it uh, after i spread it say i'm going to pack the dirt i'm going to spread the seed uh, yeah. then do i kind of lightly rake it into the soil
2: yes correct just a lightly rake into the soil so it gets in contact with the soil a little bit of soil over top of it Yeah. and then uh, then then you can always put another if you're having problems with moisture you can put a little layer of peat moss over top of that if you want Okay. And that will make us so you won't have the water quite as much.
1: Great. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much for the call, Joe. Have a great day. Okay. All right. We have Dee, Dee on the line in Regina. Hi, Dee, Dee.
5: Hi. It's actually Edie, but that's fine.
1: Oh, sorry, Edie.
5: No, no problem. First of all, I really enjoy your show. My question is, um, we want to plant a single row of evergreens to be used. We actually live on an acreage and they will be used as a shelter belt slash windbreak. Yep. How yes. far apart should we plant them, and what kind should we use?
2: Okay, so what I suggest you do for sure is that you can plant them anywhere from 12 to 20 feet apart, okay? 12
4: to 20, okay.
2: Yep, and uh, that way 12 will get them quicker, you know, depending on the size you're going to put in. I right. put mine 20 feet, 20 years later, mine we're touching, Okay okay at 20 feet that that took longer that's all it took longer to but they were i can't mow between them anymore at 22 years later okay right and uh so um otherwise what you want to do for a variety is mm-hmm. don't plant all the same type okay
3: don't plant all the same type okay
2: because because if you put all colorado spruces you you might get an infestation of needle cast disease okay Uh so if you can put a colorado spruce in there you can put also ones called meyer spruce or you can put a black hill spruce in too. they look differently okay they're different look to them but i'm finding that everybody who puts the same type of spruce tree in are having issues now after many years okay so uh okay so don't don't what i just say is don't monoculture and you'll have better success in the long term okay
1: Okay. Awesome. That's Thanks so cool. much for the call. Edie, have a Thank great you day. Thanks so much. You too. Bye bye. All right. We've got about one minute left for our final caller of the morning, Blaine in Saskatoon. Hi, Blaine. Blaine, are you there? Yeah. All right, we don't have Blaine, so I guess it's just you and I for this last <laughs> minute, Rick. Okay, we'll head to the text line quickly. This is from Julian Battleford. Um, I'm in sandy soil, and my cucumbers have stalled. They gave off blossoms, but they're not doing anything. I'm fertilizing yeah. and watering them.
2: Yeah, just moisture, sticking your finger in. Uh, this extreme heat will, will stall a lot of plants, okay? Yeah. So the only way you're going to get through that is is, is just make sure you keep them good and moist. Not wet, but moist. And by sticking your finger in the soil, don't go on schedule on the moisture level. You got to stick your finger in the soil and keep the nutrients there. And you got to try to push them through the heat. But the heat will always stall plants. So, uh, so you got to push them through that part. So just watch the moisture.
1: Perfect. Okay. One last text. This is from Rosanda and Esteban. I have a few watermelons that are about the size of a cantaloupe. How can I tell if they're ready to pick?
2: Um a lot of time they won't be quite ready yet um a lot of times they'll 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 finish off in our province because we 're so late they 'll finish off closer to September long weekend okay so as the evenings get cool at the end of August, then you may want to use a crop cover because they'll actually I picked seventeen pound uh, watermelons before oh wow, but i've had to get them through those cool evenings in in the end of August and the first week of September. So using a crop cover over top of them, will get that bigger watermelon. So, But it's a little bit too early yet.
1: Perfect. All right. That's all we've got time for today. Thanks so much for your time, Rick. Okay. Awesome. Have a great fun. <laughs> it always is. Have a good rest of your week. I'm Brittany okay. Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendike, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.